Do you like retro games? Check out the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast, hosted by Jason Robbins and Derek Diamond, where every week they review old games and cover the latest retro gaming news. Go to nerdcaveretro.com to join the Discord community. If you like the Open Micers Podcast but think I'm too handsome, check out the Jester's Court Podcast, hosted by my fat twin, Mr. Mike Evelyn, found wherever podcasts are given away for free. Do you believe in ghosts, UFOs, astral projections, mental telepathy, ESP, clairvoyance, spirit photography, telekinetic movement, full trance mediums, the Loch Ness Monster, and the theory of Atlantis? We are ready ready to to believe believe you. Join our spirited hosts, Carlos and Wally, as they investigate real ghost videos, discuss guest experiences, and research the real-life origins of some of our favorite horror movies with a dash of Ghostbusters news thrown in from the home office. So, if you believe, you don't, or somewhere in between, join us as we try to unravel the mysteries of the paranormal on Ready to Believe You, wherever podcasts are available. We also want to shout out our other patrons, J.P. Leonard and Tyler Arsenault, Mr. Derek Diamond and old Rob himself, Robbie Hennig. Just drop that ass, bitch, it's Open Micers in the house. Pop that pussy with that Open Micers logo in your mouth. Jason with his bald ass head, Jacob looking in bed. It's Open Micers, bitch, heard what I said. Drop that ass, drop that ass, Open Micers in the house. Drop that ass, pop that pussy, Open Micers in the house. Open Micers in the house, Open Micers in the mouse. Drop that ass, pop that pussy, Open Micers in the house. The mic is now open. That's right. The mic <laughs> is now open. My name is Jason Robbins. I'm Jacob Craig, and I get moved more and more by our theme song every week. Just <laughs> really brings me to tears and, and makes me just give all glory to God. Because, I mean, he's, he is the only person that could allow one of his creations to create music so beautiful. So this is just... <laughs> If you don't like our theme song, just blame it on the Christian God, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it's all his fault. Um, man, I, I hope that we, we get to have an episode tonight uh, without incident. The weather is very bad here while we're recording it. Uh, we've got like active tornadoes everywhere. And uh, I may or may not poop my pants because I had shrimp for dinner. So uh, <laughs> we'll just see how the night goes in terms of all the incidents. But we are joined... I'm very excited for this episode because it's not often anymore where we talk to like an actual open micer. Now, don't get me wrong. We big up the local comics, right? We talk to, you know, any musician that wants to come on and promote anything. And we try our best to get, you know, national acts on. And that's, I think, 80% of the the comedians that we have on anymore are big national acts because we're just lucky enough to be able to do that. This is the first episode in, I think, years. Where we are actually joined by an honest to goodness open micer who is not only going to tell us his origins and comedy, he's going to be making them after this episode airs because he is still making his own story and is the one and only right out of Mobile, Alabama, one of the finest of the new class there. Mikey, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. No problem, dude. Thanks for coming on. I'm glad we finally got you on here, dude. We canceled <laughs> on you the first time. You canceled on us a couple of times. Uh, I'm glad we could finally get it worked out. Uh, why yeah, we only give you up? so many cancellations before we just don't allow you on the show anymore. <laughs> yeah. You hear that? Yeah, yeah. Jake from Joke World? Yeah. <laughs> I love your videos. What? 
but you rescheduled on us 12 times and now you're never going to be invited back 12 times brother look he is the reason for my set now very hard three three strikes and you're out rule if i have to reschedule with somebody more than three times i'm just not gonna do it anymore jesus because he asked us to reschedule 12 times and who is this again um do you know the joke world youtube channel no i haven't seen that it's you would like it it's um he does like comedy news updates covers stuff from all the big podcasts um he makes just cool fun little videos um and i think mark norman follows him he he interviewed tom segura this year um the guy behind that channel was going to come on and and uh do an interview with us but he was talking about how he doesn't have wi-fi and he's in the middle of the move and all that and i'm like I don't know how you're uploading multiple videos a week with no Wi-Fi, but (laughs) if you can't figure that out for us, then we don't want it. We don't want that toxic energy in our (laughs) Big time in us. He's big time in us is what's happening. Um, Mikey, I know I'm calling you Mikey because that's what you sign up as at the open mics. What makes you sign up as just Mikey and not Michael Werner? Um, I don't know. I just think Mikey sounds better off the tongue. You know, Werneth is kind of a hard name to read off a paper. So I just want to cut that out right from the start. So you just right. want to be a, want a, a one-name comic? Well, I usually sign up as a Mikey Wernburner, W-E-R Burner, <laughs> W-E-R-N Burner. Um, it just sounds cooler than Werneth, I think, too. Yeah. Uh, people are, <laughs> if you get, like, really famous, people are going to think that's your real last name and be like, are you Jewish? <laughs> I went to school with some worm burners. <laughs> oh man, I wish I was Jewish sometimes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Shout out to the Jews on this episode. Oh. <laughs> I like where this is headed. Um, so you you are an open mic comedian currently out of Mobile. Um, I kind of already know a little bit of your comedy origins, but we're gonna get into it for the people who have never met you before. Um, walk me through your first ever time doing an open mic and how long ago was this? Uh, I think it was, it was in either late March or like the beginning of April. Um, I remember going, uh, to a couple open mics and, uh, just seeing a couple of the mobile comedians on there. And I was like, I could do this. You know what I mean? They were that bad, huh? I'm not saying any names. I love them all. But, uh, I was like, yeah. I, I could do this. I can make people laugh like at least a little bit better than they can. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I remember my first mic at Brader River. I was so nervous. I got shit faced drunk. <laughs> and uh, I did pretty well. I got uh, I got a shit ton of laughs and I was hooked instantly. That's good. Yeah, but that's yeah, the that's... thing. If you you don't want to you don't want to get that too many laughs at the very first open mic which usually a lot of people do but then you got that long crawl like downward spiral where you just suck for about six months before you start getting laughs (laughs) again or in jason's case seven years yeah seven years (laughs) (laughs) it was right around that like uh tenth time mark when it started declining yeah. Wow, you went 10 times before it started declining? You must have had a lot of friends and family there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had a bunch of people filling up mics for a little bit, and then they just stopped coming. Yeah, and you're, you've started comedy in sort of a renaissance on the Gulf Coast, too, where 
you know, we we've been through it to where like the old landmass guys moved out and then there's nothing and then something, you know, something starts back up and then other people move out and then there's nothing to do. Like right now, it seems like there's actually a, a lot of open mics and places to do time uh, in Mobile. Yeah, I was um pretty happy about that because I was kind of like one of the no, obviously. I was kind of one of the first of the newcomers to like start open mics because now we got. I started one on Sundays, and it lasted a few months before the owner kind of got uh, kind of got tired of it, um, and he was like forcing us out because the regulars wasn't coming back, and it just wasn't making money. It was kind of like stale. Yeah. Um, and then a couple of my friends that I brought into it or came into it with me uh, started their open mics, like Nick Brackett. Matt Johnson and Ryan Deacle have their own mic. Um, and I just restarted, or I started a new mic on Tuesdays um, before Crankus' mic at Ocean Springs. Where's that at? It's at uh, Oyster City Brewing Company, downtown Mobile. Oh, okay, okay. For some reason, I thought that it was, like, in Ocean Springs. I don't know why I thought, uh, why I thought that. Um yeah, man. I mean, I feel like Mobile, which it sucks that the open the uh, the music box did just shut down, but I feel like because of that, there's gonna be that's gonna leave a power vacuum too for like the next big Mobile spot. I agree because um, I'm not sure where Zeke is gonna start going, but he just just rebook Uncle Laser to uh, I think Alchemy, so Alchemy really? might make some moves. Yeah, see, because I thought it was uh, going to be the Merry Widow that they were going to start booking the bigger acts too. I thought so too. So what but is that the- sucks, dude. Like, speak, speak a little bit too on like the legacy of the Alabama Music Box for you, because I know you were on the last show there. That's actually where I saw um, it was. It was his bartenders do comedy event, Zeke's bartenders do comedy event, and uh, one of my buddies, Nick Brackett, I went with him because uh, he was performing. And uh, that was the first show in Mobile I went to. And I was like, man, this is awesome. Uh, and then I just kind of, I kind of dreamed about being on that stage from the very start. And uh, I finally got on there to the, to the last Bartenders Do Comedy event this past uh, November or October. And it was just kind of surreal. I love the music box. Uh, the stage is just a beautiful place to do comedy. Um, you just fit a bunch of people in there. It's good, cheap beer. We have a, we've had a lot of great shows and events there. Uh, a lot of good people come out to the music box. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about it just like from my personal journey um, after like they officially announced it was going to be closed down. Like, you know, me and Jason went to the first ever show there that was after the TJ Miller show, which was like the first, I think the first time they'd ever done comedy there me and Jason were on the first like closed mic showcase and I got, I won first place on it. And I think Jason won second or third. I don't remember which one. I don't even remember. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's something like that. But we were in like the top three comics with Ryan Adams and like two being able to open for Mick Foley, Ben Bailey. Like I've opened for tons of people in that building and me and Zeke, not too long ago, were talking about me like headlining a Sunday there. And now it's just like completely gone. And I'm going to go by an empty building and be like, you know, I used to do something in there. 
like the kind of place that they could have found somebody to take it over instead of just shutting it down. Because that, that place has a lot of history to it. And it's such a cool place right there in the middle of everything. Like, it's the perfect spot. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and I I think there was uh, somebody looking to buy it or they were trying to rally people to buy it and kind of keep it open for uh for live arts but i don't think anything has happened yet yeah what are some of y'all do y'all have like any crazy stories that happened at the box because i know that there was like constantly shit popping off there um not personally i've i've had a lot of crazy instances at the old music box which is further down dolphin and it was just a uh just kind of a karaoke bar and then the upstairs was kind of a place where people go to do drugs and Hell yeah. just kind of chill uh yeah. but none of this one uh other than just some good times at at some live shows jason what about you uh well i mean my favorite memory of, of music boxes is you almost getting your ass kicked several times. <laughs> yeah. He says almost like I didn't come out on the better end of every single altercation. <laughs> I don't know. But that, yeah, I, seeing Sean Patton there was great. Like that was oh yeah. that was awesome. Yeah, what? that was a surreal moment too. Yeah. Oh, just multiple times I had gotten in fist fights at the Alabama music box. <laughs> no way. Yeah, dude. For whatever reason. During comedy shows. They're the the one that sticks in my mind the most is like it was this big comedy competition there was like 24 comics there i w- i went up on the back end and there was this one like fucking like hack open micer less than a year in who had already like rubbed a bunch of people the wrong way in ocean springs and i'm like oh great this guy's here but i'm kind of just trying to be nice and like stay out of his way and uh he brings like everyone he's ever met to this place to like cheer for him. So he'll win whatever the prize was. And um, none of them actually understood comedy. So like this lady came outside and was asking me something about one of my jokes. And was like, why do you think that's funny? That's not funny. Like you're not funny. And it, it ended in like her boyfriend or fiance or whatever, like swinging on me. Yeah. Oh my God. It, it was the, no, so he swung on me and I ducked it and I was about to hit him back when his girl got in between us and I was like, I don't want to throw one of this guy and accidentally hit her because then <laughs> right. I'm going to go to jail. And I was completely unaware that there were like five comics that I had just met that night behind me who were ready to fucking jump this guy for me. And oh, I was shit. like, dude, this is why I love comedy. Shout out to... um freaking Devin Emicky, dude. He was one of the guys from Pensacola. He was the biggest one. He came up behind me. He was like, what was that guy's problem? I ought to beat the shit out of that guy. <laughs> and I was, oh, in, I was inside just waiting to see, hear who, who won the competition. And then Jacob comes in a little while later, like almost got in a fight outside. Like again, really? I thought yeah. you were about to say you're inside waiting to see if Jacob got beat up or not. <laughs> well, that, I'm just always waiting on that. I mean, that, <laughs> I just picture you looking through the window. <laughs> yep. Uh, there was one time too where I had a show at the electric piano parlor down the street, and then uh, we hit up Zeke, and he said, "Yeah, there's a punk rock show tonight. You guys can come on through." And so he got us in to see it, and um, we got into the mosh pit, 
and there was this like real little dude like the very top of his head kind of came up to like my lips and uh we were in the mosh pit and he backs up and he feels me behind him looks behind him and then jumps and breaks my nose with the top of his head and i'm just squirting i'm squirting blood all over the floor and i'm holding my nose and then he turns around and looks at me and like smiles and i'm like i should leave right now dude (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I should leave right now. I go out into the street and like start blowing my nose into the street. <laughs> yeah, I've had some rough times at the Alabama Music Box, dude. But it, it's it was the biggest adventure performing there out of like any other Mobile spot. Like I don't have that those stories about any other place in Mobile. Yeah, and luckily I met like one of my biggest connections, and he's a, a Orlando comic. His name is Patrick Sisk. Um, yeah. I had the pleasure of hosting for him there not too long ago. And we just, he was the first like headlining comic that I've met. And he was just cool from the start. You know, it wasn't like, Mm -hmm. I can't talk to any of y'all. Like he was instantly just, you know, fucking around with me from the beginning. And uh, I love the dude. Yeah. That's what a lot of those guys are like. I think at least least, like the better ones. Cause I, I will say that like, 95% 95% of the shows that I was on at the music box, I'd go into the green room and meet the headliners and they'd be chill with me or whatever. And then there's like that 5%, which is like two guys who were like, what the fuck are you still doing in here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But so what, there's a lot of that. Comedy. So what does the, uh, that <clears throat> the mobile scene, what's it looking like these days? Cause me and me and Jacob haven't been over there in a while. It's, um, it's getting getting better. Um, we have a a mic every night of the week except for Saturday now, and um, now we're just working on getting crowd. And we've been doing a good job of getting a lot of people back in. Um, we've been messing around with like getting people's emails um, just to get the crowd, you know, because that's that's all we're missing in the scene, I think. And then, you know, we have we have some really good veterans uh, from the mobile from, as you know. Um, so we're just waiting for, you know, the next wave like me and my friends to get better. Um, so we can start filling some of the, the top tier spot. Yeah. Um, there's actually a, you know, the old Crescent theater uh, yeah, I on think Dolphin so. street. So that just got uh, bought and reopened. And that was the cinema that I did. If you, uh, I think I told you about, um, yeah. but it's a movie theater and, uh, the dude who owns it, his name is Zaire. He pushes out movies. I think he just, uh, did a movie for George Lopez. Uh, um, and he's been doing like comedy open mics and, you know, comedy and poet mics. So that's like a, a really, really sick venue that we got in Mobile. Um, we're about to start doing shows at. That's awesome, man. So what what kind of place is it like? Is it actually is it more like a theater theater or is it an actual like movie theater like type seating? It's a movie theater type seating. So nice. the seating goes up. Um, it has a screen, and then we usually do comedy like right under the screen. Um, he'll put like a DJ in the back corner or or whatever, and it's it's just an awesome experience. Yeah, I, I think that's something that. That that's like a little hole in the wall spot, like a, a little like, you know, local thing that I think a lot of bigger comics would be into too. So I noticed you you were uh, telling Neil Rubenstein about that 
at the uh, Ben Bailey show and he was like really interested in it. He's like, it's a movie theater and you guys are doing comedy there. Like that sounds so freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a, uh, it was an experience. Um, it was the biggest room I've done. It was like nearly a hundred people. Um, nice. And uh, it was an all black crowd or a mostly black crowd. And that was the first time I've ever performed in a crowd like that. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> it was yeah. so cool. Well, we had gotten into a, a personal talk about that too. I think about like the differences between performing for black crowds and white crowds. I think that's something a lot of comics don't take into account too. That like it, it very much is a different thing. Like you really have to tailor your your entire style differently because like if you don't get to the punchline, you're not going to be respected at all. Yeah. Um... I was when I was getting ready to do it, um, I had the they they had the date picked out, you know, for the show. And uh it was getting closer and closer to that day. And I think it was like a night or two or the week before. And I was talking to Eli, uh Eli Thomas, my brother from another mother. Um, gotta Don't give him that. a shout out. He <laughs> told he told me to. <laughs> uh, oh, just because they tell you to say it, it's a trap. <laughs> Never say uh, it. <laughs> no, nah, but I was asking him, I was like, I'm, I'm nervous. Um, what, how do I do this? And he's like, man, just go in there and be yourself. And I did. And he was like, they're there to laugh. Just remember that, you know, that crowd is there to laugh. And it was an experience. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember specifically my first time ever, like being at a mic and, it, this was at the old um the blind mule when that was still like the central hub of comedy and mobile and uh i showed up and did the mic and i'd already done it two or three times or whatever and it just so happened to be an all-black crowd at an open mic and i was kind of caught off guard i was like what <clears throat> oh no what do i do and like i had like jokes i was nervous about doing and pulling the trigger on and they could just tell that i was like kind of skittish about the whole thing and so they just like heckled me off the freaking stage dude. <laughs> it was it was so rough <laughs> yeah i i had them um it was shaky at the beginning you know i was nervous the mic kept dying it was a a wireless mic and the never the... never ever ever use wireless mics at a mm-hmm. comedy show you you know that firsthand watching my don't tell <laughs> yeah. never wireless mic oh my god yeah <laughs> and it kept dying and the dude the dj like he could tell i'm nervous he's like hey man you got to turn it on turn it on i'm like it's dead and uh he finally came over there and was like oh it is dead and then he gave me a new mic so i was already off to a great start yeah <laughs> And, it's uh, hard to recover after a mic starts going out. Like that's just <laughs> that's like nightmare fuel for comedians. Like even a, like a wired mic. Like if it's not, if it's got like a short in the wire or something, and you're trying to like shout your jokes. Like it's just nothing makes a comedian unfunnier than when he's fighting with a microphone. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, yeah, man. And and you're not really loud enough too to get away without using a mic not at all because you're you're barely loud enough with the mic to get your jokes out (laughs) (laughs) i agree and that's something i've been working on um and i think it's it's more of a head thing um or like a mental thing where i don't use the bass 
right in my in my voice. So you're kind of just like, hey, I'm in this fucking house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I buy Adderall for my nephew. Whatever that joke is. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on rewriting that joke now. So what is, you've been doing comedy for roughly like seven, eight months, not even a year in yet. What's your process at like right now? Like, do you, you know, are you rewriting stuff you've already written? Or are you just still building up material? Like what's, you know, what's, what's your biggest like project when it comes to writing jokes? So my process is like, uh, I'll have an idea and then I'll kind of work that idea out in my head, write it in my Apple notes, my iPhone notes. And, um, I have uh, my own speaker system at home that I use for uh, my open mic. Um, and I just sit there on my speakers and, you know, I work them out in real time, either in front of my, my roommate or uh, just myself, the dog. Um, the dog's a harsh critic. He never laughs. Um, so now I'm, I'm in the process of rewriting some past jokes while coming up with new ones. Um, but really, I've, I've taken a break from writing, um, you know, trying to test out sobriety because I used to just drink and, and just get drunk and just let my mind go and just write jokes while being drunk. Um, so now I'm trying to just kind of not really restart, but kind of kind of restart, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to get in that crutch uh, of relying on substances. <laughs> Yeah, and that's what I was doing. Um, I uh, I would just get shit faced before the the mic started, and then just forget material, and then just rely on drunk crowd work, and it just wasn't it wasn't good. Yeah, that's all you guys, man. Uh, like, I mean, you're you're that's that's the big thing about your whole like class right now that I see you guys doing is that you'll have like two or three buckets of Miller High Life's just fucking passing them around and then you get on stage and you're kind of just like, uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what, what do uh, I do now? Yeah, that's what we're trying to cut out or at least I'm trying to cut out. Yeah. Well, I hope your friends also follow you because that's a, a good thing to do. You know, that's that's I think my biggest advice that I try to give open micers on here is to like just behave professionally if you're proud of what you're doing. Like if, you know, if, if you're not, it, it depends on what you want. Like, cause there are a lot of people who take comedy too seriously too. And I think we all know the people I'm talking about, but if it's not just going to be like a hobby for you and if it's not just something fun to do, like if you actually want to like get booked on shows and be a working comic, like you got to kill that shit in the crib, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's what that's what I am working towards to to be a booked comic. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, you're already there. I see you getting booked more than a lot of other comics in Mobile are. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's been a a blessing, but um, uh, I get booked and then I go and get drunk and then I'm I'm not sure <laughs> yeah. they're like, why to book this guy? <laughs> right. So do you do a lot of writing on stage too? Like if you find something like that works in a joke in a moment or if you're doing crowd work, like do you incorporate it in your act? Sometimes, but not often. Um, if, if, 
I get up there and I'm like I'm not filling jokes, then I just go into crowd work. But if I'm like in the joke um telling mood, I just, you know, just start doing my jokes and I try to work stuff out on stage, but my mind just doesn't really work like that. Yeah, it's definitely a muscle you have to work on. Like I know like Jason does absolutely zero crowd work like doesn't even touch the stuff nope (laughs) i won't do it not that i don't want to it's just that i i I have trouble hearing what people say because my hearing is so bad and i refuse to wear my hearing aid because it's just like it's putting in a hearing aid when you've been deaf for 20 years is like sensory overload so i can't concentrate on anything anyway so i'm just kind of screwed either way so i'm like i'm just not even gonna touch crowd work <laughs> see but that would be a good crowd work moment though too to be like speak up boy i can't hear you <laughs> and, like you put I mean, your hearing a, aid in it's a like, it's a good way to set. shut down hecklers though like i shut down hecklers before because i told them i can't hear what you're fucking saying anyway so you might as well shut up but but if you get jiggy with it jason if you put your hearing aid in to hear <laughs> someone while you're doing crowd work and then someone starts heckling you you just take it out <laughs> yeah, or you're just like, uh, hold on, I can't hear you. You put it in, and you're just like, yeah, that was stupid. I shouldn't have put this thing in. And then <laughs> just don't even say anything. Out. Just take it right back out. <laughs> just act with it. <laughs> yeah. This podcast is brought to you by our mobile gaming partner, Globe Glider. If you like the fast-paced action of games like Flappy Bird mixed with the strategy of Balloons Tower Defense, then Globe Glider is for you. Making a donation to the game using our partnership will not only give you sweet in-game prizes, but also unlocks an exclusive open micers cape and helps a small indie gaming company thrive. Download Globe Glider now on the App Store or Google Play. This is where I'm at in my comedic journey because I I feel like I have a world-class like 20 minutes, right? That I would put up against anyone else, at least in the region right now. So I, I want to take that 20 minutes and just get real weird with it. You know, <laughs> just make it everyone's problem that I don't have any new jokes. <laughs> just get real jiggy. <laughs> I would love to see it. That's, um, that's pretty much what we, what, what I did at the Vinyl Music Hall show. Like I just did what I usually do. And then when I had a moment to not do that, I chose like every, you know, path less traveled. Where I kind of was just like fucking with people. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was there. Um, are you? What? What are you at in your um, comedic journey? I know you just said that, but uh, are you like just staying away from open mics and just trying to do book shows? Or yeah, right. Right now, me and Jason are. You know, we have a a plan that we're trying to work on. Um, ideally, like if everything falls into plans the way that we want them we would have a bigger venue down here where we could bring through uh people who are going from like the joy theater to the singer and we want them to like stop here and do a show with us so people like mark norman ali sadiq um we want to have like a, a showcase show at a nicer bar where we can bring people like ariel isaac norman ariel elias like people like that to there and we would love to have a weekly open mic too where like just the local comics can get up and do time and get booked on uh, other shows. But that's like, that's like December, 2024 plans. Like yeah. that's where we want to be at the very end of this year. Cause we've been talking about it for a while. Like we've gotten so many 
cool connections with this podcast that we have the perfect spot <clears throat> to have these traveling comedians. Like, as like Jacob said, they come right through here. They just have mm-hmm. nowhere to stop. And plus we know all these comedians out of Austin now that we could get over here very easily. Um, mm-hmm. We just need a place to do it or several places that are willing to do it. And I'm not talking about like just open mic shows. I'm talking about full on ticketed booked shows yeah. with regionally touring comedians that's not going to be you know like i don't want the the local venues to have to worry about anything i want me and jake to run well-run shows so that's going to be the uphill battle is trying to um because of things that have happened here in the past with some of the different comedy uh organizations that have been here that have kind of ruined it for everybody and burned a lot of bridges. So me and Jacob have a lot of, uh, a lot of ass kissing to do over the next few months. Yeah. But I think it's the perfect setup too, because like, you know, right now it's a problem of, I don't think that there are five comedians in Mississippi that I can book that are funny enough that I would want to book. So if we bring someone through, well, we have me and Jason. So at the, Worst case scenario, me and Jason and that person do time. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's no risks as far as that's concerned. So I feel like, you know, once we start doing that and once comics actually see like, oh, if I do well at the mic or if I ask for a spot, I might actually get to like open for someone cool. Like there's actually a path up for me. Like we could really start, you know, putting comedy back into the scene and get rid of the you know get rid of it being just the same 10 people it's always been that sounds like an incredible idea um that sounds beautiful really thank you i'm autistic Uh, (laughs) that's how that's how i come up with all my ideas i obsess over things and i stem a little bit and then i come up with really cool plans (laughs) i just hope we can pull it off because if we pull it off it's gonna be very very nice to to at least have a really good venue to do something in and make it to where the the comedians are going to want to come here like build like show people that we can have shows here that you pay for that are actual comedy shows and they're not in a casino you know you're not going to pay you know 150 dollars a ticket you're going to be able to see a quality comedy show for a reasonable price and give something you know somebody something to do like people couples to go out on date night you know like on a friday or saturday night and go see a really good comedy show. There, there hasn't been anything here like here for, for with something like that for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that sounds like a perfect Friday night. Um, you can do that without having to go to like the downtown area or like a bad spot. Yeah, and then, you know they're redoing a lot of stuff in downtown Biloxi now. Um, they're redoing the Sanger Theater, like completely renovating it. Um, it hasn't been used in years, so I'm excited to see what what that's going to be like there. We could do stuff there. Um, yeah, I would love incredible. to get in contact with those people. Yeah, um, that'd be what's, huge. What's the name of that um, that bar? Uh, what uh, Morgan Freeman's bar uh, down there? Oh, Ground Zero. Ground Zero. We could do stuff there because that that's a really nice place that would probably do well with comedy if it was a ticketed book show. And not just yeah, they already have comedy there. Oh, they do? 
I didn't even yeah. see that's how bad the, the, the advertising is around here. Like <laughs> nobody, I don't even, never even heard of it. Yeah, we can talk about that off air. But yeah. <laughs> the, um, the, the biggest slap in the face to me was that like, you know, ben, when Ben Bailey came down here, uh, I was able to open for him, just did a, a guest spot. Um, and I found out that he Ubered from the airport in New Orleans all the way to Mobile. And he got a hotel in Biloxi because that was the most centralized spot for all of his shows going from Mobile to, over to New Orleans, over to Lafayette. So this guy who's been on cash cab has major credits could headline a theater is has a hotel in Biloxi and isn't doing a show in Mississippi. Yeah. That's, <sighs> in, that's ludicrous. Like that should yeah. not happen. It, it's that the perfect like prime. Op- yeah. That would have been an opportunity. Because you look at somebody like Sean Patton, too, like plays New Orleans, and then he'll go and play Mobile and Pensacola. Yeah. Why or not he'll shoot here? up to Hattiesburg. He'll, yeah. he'll shoot up a whole other, he'll turn a two-hour drive into a four-hour drive and go all the way up to Hattiesburg from New Orleans because they got better stuff happening two hours north than we do. Like, if we just had a spot where he could go straight across the line, that's at least an extra, you know, however many hundred dollars for him to, get to stop here and then go up to Hattiesburg and then go over. Yeah, yeah. That's if anybody can get it going, it's y'all. Um, I'm just kind of blown away. Like, I didn't even realize that that was kind of missing over there. Yeah, because I mean, you think about it too. Even with the casinos, like you know, the the Coliseum books people like John Mulaney and Cat yeah. Williams and Hugh Jacks. And then the casinos has the like the Tom Seguras, the Miss Pats, whatever. Like there are a lot of other even really big name headliners that could come here that the casinos don't deem big enough to headline the IP or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. I mean they they won't even have Mark Normand over there. Like I was I was about to say, he's I don't think he's he's quite that casino esque yet. And going to see shows at the casinos is cool. Like I've been to a couple of comedy shows at the casinos, but it just doesn't have that like I don't know, it's a different feel to it. Like it doesn't have that like you're at a comedy show. You know, it feels like you're at a, you know a concert or something. Like the venues are so big, you know, like you're you're not you're so far away from the actual comedians. Like it's cool. But at the same time, like, I would rather see, you know, I would rather see it be up close and personal with a, 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 a comedian. Like, even if it's just like a theater or something, that seems more like a comedy centric type of thing. Like, if you go to a, a casino, it's like it's a freaking casino. It's like you're 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 going to see like, I don't know, like a Dean Martin show or something. It's like it doesn't feel <laughs> yeah. like a comedy thing. An Elvis yeah, impersonator. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of lacks the uh, intimacy a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. There's no intimacy to it. It doesn't feel like you can walk outside and meet the comedian afterwards. You know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which and that's been the coolest thing about Mobile, I think, is that every Mobile show I've ever even just attended, like when we went to see Sean Patton, I was just hanging out on the street yeah. when he walked up, and he had done our podcast like two weeks before, I think, and he walked up to me and he went. Zeke, 
I was like, <laughs> no. no, man. I'm not. Zeke, Zeke's inside. And then he came back outside and was like, I know you. Where do I know you from? <laughs> and like, like you, you don't get that, you know, as, you know, as a seeing a comedy anywhere else. Like you, you only get that in like cities like Mobile at venues like the Alabama Music Box. Yeah, like that was the first uh, uh, like bigger show I went to was a uh, Royer Scoville, and yeah. right after he got off stage, I was like, "Hey, man, you want a drink?" Uh, and he was like, "Yeah." So I bought him a drink, and then I just asked him some tips about comedy because it was like right when I started, and he just sat there and just gave me a few tips, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is." massive yeah that's that's valuable advice too like that's that's what really drove me when i first started comedy was like i met um i was working pensacon as a uh whatever you call it reporter journalist whatever and uh, i got to meet steve agee and i had i had worked in comedy or i had done open mics for a few months and i asked him uh just some tips about comedy and he gave me a ton and I wrote them down and anyone who ever told me something contrary to what Steve Agee told me has ended up being a complete and total hack. So just hold on to those tips that Rory Scovel gave you, dude. I'm sure they are gold. They were. And then I get kind of like made fun of by some of the, the guys, you know, in the scene. They're like, oh, you're over there asking them how to do this and that. And I'm like, yeah, dude, he's a paid professional comic. You know, has been through it. Why not get the knowledge from well, him? You were there with yeah. us um, when we met up with Neil Rubenstein, weren't mm-hmm. you? Yeah, that yeah. was like, I, I wish we could just do more stuff like that. Like have more, uh, you know, roundtables with, with known comedians and just get as much information out of them as you can to just better yourself. That'd be incredible. That'd be a cool YouTube idea to do. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Always thinking um, about the content, baby. Yeah, <laughs> I got, um, I, I got something to say about the YouTube content in a minute. But just going back to you know talking to other comics, I literally sat there and shot the shit with Rocky Dale Davis in front of the music box. You know, we got drunk and we just started talking about comedy and and people he knows in the comedy world, and he's told me a bunch of tips. You know, so yeah. it's like huge names, Rocky Dale Davis. Um, Scoville, even like guys that are up and coming, Mason James, um, from Houston, Caleb Sinan. I mean, I'm y'all had the podcast with Caleb Sinan, yeah, just awesome people, man. And you just learn that they're just normal guys, yeah, they're all more than happy to share what they know, too. Like, I mean, I, I know I get excited when there's like a new open market that comes around that's like, hey, man, I'm trying to punch up this joke. And I'm like, oh, boy, are you really? I would love. <laughs> why would you think I would want to do that with you? <laughs> <laughs> like I get like giddy, just like actually having someone to talk about comedy with. It's like, ooh, new toy. Let's <laughs> let's talk about callbacks. One thing I missed yeah. the most uh, uh, about there was the uh place here <clears throat> called the wayward crack and that we used to do comedy at um when comedy just kind of got rolling here in town a couple uh, five six years ago and we used to just after the open mics we would all just sit around the tables and outside and just talk with one another and just throw jokes at one another and like that was such a period of just growth uh as a comedian and i just missed that kind of stuff so much yeah 
it's that's my favorite part about it you know like the the hang where you could just after your show you're like hey man you should you know think about saying it this way and then y'all just hang and then just kind of shoot the shit together and then just make each other laugh you know that's that's my favorite thing about the comedy world so speaking yeah. of comedy in general, I, I just wanted to ask you guys, especially you, Jacob, like um, about what happened this last week with Cat Williams and him just like going oh, yeah, after dude. everybody. <laughs> I think we need to do that about the Gulf Coast comedy scene. <laughs> just call everyone on their shit. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> That'd be so fun. Mikey, you're the same height as Cat Williams. You do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give me some of that, uh, some of that drink, that cognac. Yeah, some of that shay. But do you think <laughs> that stuff looks good? <clears throat> you it think does. he was in the right though, like just going after everybody the way he did? Uh, I, I think so. Especially if he's, you know, if if he said some of these guys have just, you know, kind of started talking shit to him or about him and started spreading lies. I mean, I think he was in the right. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important to notice like when, where, and why to like he didn't go on Good Morning America trashing them about what they said on Club Shay Shay. He went on Club Shay Shay saying these guys all said this about me on here, so I'm gonna say this about them on here, and, and there this was, is the actual truth. There wasn't any warning either. He just started out hot. Yeah, yeah he did, dude. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> And Shannon Sharp was like, you done had a few of them before we started rolling. And he's like, no, I'm good. I'm not even. <laughs> yeah. But it, I think I he's right, though, man, because people are coming out and saying, like, there's all kinds of people calling out Steve Harvey and Cedric about stealing stuff. And then, you know, they're, when you're that kind of person who's in comedy and you know, like, you just know in your heart of hearts, they're not the greatest comedian. Like, neither of them are or have ever been. You know they stole from someone that was better than them along the way. Like, it just happened. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. And um, what do you think about the uh, the Kevin Hart stuff? That was the craziest part, okay? I I don't think that Kevin Hart's necessarily an industry plant, I'd, but I do think that the industry fast-tracked him. Like... Mm. Because, of course, they did. I mean, they they saw who he was and what he did, and they were like, oh, we can easily monetize this, so let's take him out of comedy and put him into acting. Um, But he's not, you know, what he said about there's no one that came up with Kevin Hart. He was at the comedy store and the cellar at the same time. Well, I know guys now that will get on planes and go back and forth. Like, he could have very well done that. And, you know... There are pictures of him with Patrice O'Neill and Bill Burr. Like he's with that class of comics. Like I think Cat was just looking at maybe a different class of comics that he thought he should have been with. Right. But I mean, right. it also does make you wonder too, like, because there are a lot of comedians out there that have like Netflix specials and stuff that just aren't that great. And you're like, how do these people get to that point being kind of mediocre? Yeah, and I'm not saying I'm the greatest comedian on the planet. I'm not, but I'm not sitting here being mediocre with a Netflix special. I just have a podcast, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I think there are some people that the industries look at and see dollar signs, like like Tiffany Haddish. Like she has the look, she has the energy, she has everything 
you know, where you you put her as a co-lead in a movie and you're going to make money, but you watch her stand up and it's hot garbage fire. Like, yeah, just is what it is. Yeah. I, uh, I, what, what are some of the Netflix specials that y'all have enjoyed as of late? Um, you know, I haven't been watching very many. I've been sticking mostly to the YouTube specials. Yeah. I just watched, um, I think the the newest one was Nick Mullen, You're the Dragon. So fantastic, dude. (laughs) About to put it on my watch later. Yeah, he's uh he's one of the come town guys, and he's he's one of the funnier ones in my opinion too. And Shane Gillis on Netflix, beautiful dogs, dude. I loved how raw that was. It wasn't like planned out, just like A to B. You know, you could tell it was you know just him. Yeah, just raw dogging it. Yeah, yeah, dude. Shane's one of the probably the funniest comic working right now and ralph barbosa dude i was just about to say that was like my favorite one as of late was his special on netflix yeah i've been telling people about him dude i've been telling people about him since before the tonight show and i we had been friends on facebook before then and i almost pulled the trigger to like dm him to try to get him on the pod before he did got like announced he was doing the tonight show and then i saw it and i was like oh wow that's awesome this is the perfect time now to get him on the podcast. And he was already too big at that point to even like, but he does follow us on Facebook. He follows open micers. So hopefully maybe he'll see a clip or something like, yo, cool. I'll, I'll go do those guys' podcasts since they knew about me before, you know, all this other shit. He was just talking on, cause I watched this uh, Joe Rogan episode and uh, he was just talking about like, how he talks to comics who just like DM him. Like he DMs people mm-hmm. back. And um, if he's in the area and you want to get stage time, just like ask him for stage time and he'll give you stage time. Like he seems like a pretty cool guy. Yeah. And he's starting to do theaters now too. Like if he ever comes down here, I'll definitely hit him up and be like, yo dog, you trying to uh, do a show in Mississippi? What's up? That'd be sick. <laughs> Let me do 10 minutes on there. <laughs> I think my, my favorite comedian, for a while now is Zoltan Kazas <clears throat> and I've been watching I pretty much watch everything he puts out on YouTube and I'm, I've been wanting to getting wanting to get him on the show here for a while but <clears throat> he puts out enough of his own content he doesn't have time to come on this show dude you want to know the shittiest thing about that what? so I um I got a hold of Zoltan's email email right uh-huh. and I emailed him my usual thing to come <clears throat> on the show and now open the open micers email is on his like email list so we get emails from him because <laughs> i emailed him cool. <laughs> he just ripped our email and was like i'm gonna send these guys my newsletter now <laughs> yeah like, always think about the business baby pretty great guests like tom goddard and sam talent yeah, they're all right. They're no, uh, they're no Jason Robbins, but I mean, they're they're okay, I guess. <laughs> they're no Mo Alexander because you know he was yeah. guest of the year last year before the show. Yeah, I guess I'd let Mo do five in front of me sometime. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is all right. I still, He's... I, I still are you gonna say? Uh, I, I still haven't been to one of his shows yet. I've been meaning to. He's so funny, dude. He's he's one of those like hidden gem comics where you talk to him and you realize that he's worked with roughly everyone in the business. But for some reason, you know, despite putting out hours, being on the road, doing comedy festivals, like 
whatever it takes to go into big industry, I no one's doing it for him for some reason. Like that, I'm not sure why, but it's it really is a shame because like he has all of the talent and experience to do it. Man, yeah, that's the thing. Like Mo should be Mo should be, Mo should be one of the people that he should have his own Netflix special. Like why he doesn't have yeah. a Netflix special is beyond me because he's easily one of the top. 10 comedians in america right now is he putting out like clips and things like that on like tiktok and instagram i, th- I mean he knows about him i don't i don't know if he does them too frequently but oh there was a little I... controversy with controversy with with mo last week where uh, dave Chappelle kind of ripped off one of his jokes no way yeah yeah which pretty boring. which i will say about that like he, it was the joke about the the gun knife or whatever Chappelle got attacked with, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I get that Mo did that joke first, but also it happened to Dave Chappelle, so he kind of gets a pass yeah. to make his own joke about his own thing, yeah, you know. But still, he needs to give Mo credit for that, though. If he took it from Mo, I mean, it's it's possible there could be some parallel thinking there, but I don't know. It's kind of too close. <laughs> You know, yeah. like, I'm pretty sure he heard Mo do that joke before. Or somebody yeah. heard Mo do the joke and told it to Dave. It's entirely possible, but I'm just hesitant too because, like, that's the real thing that happened to Dave. You know what I mean? Like, like if someone who's not diabetic took one of my diabetes jokes, then, you know, that would be upsetting. But, like, maybe that's a bad example, but. You know, if if it's a real event that happened to you, then, you know, that should be your material that you own. Yeah, but at the same time, if I was in Dave Chappelle's position and I did do a joke that was very similar in structure and to another comedian's joke and there wasn't any kind of theft going on, I would address it and be like, hey, there was, I, I didn't, it was parallel thinking, like, that didn't mean to do that to you. Yeah, but then if he does that, it's going to have an effect that he doesn't want of making someone else famous instead of him. Like, he's not going to big up anyone like that just by saying their name. Well, I don't know. Maybe Mo deserves to be big upped like that. No, he, he does. I mean, he, he for sure does. But Dave Chappelle doesn't strike me as that kind of person that actually, you know, cares about the younger generation coming up, much like Cat Williams. Like, you know, you have all these comments coming out now saying like, yeah, Kat took me on tour with him when I was homeless or he gave me a thousand dollars randomly because mm-hmm. he thought I was funny. Like Dave Chappelle ain't doing that, dude. And he has way more money than Cat Williams. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's opening up his own comedy club in a fucking cornfield in Ohio, <laughs> but he can't, you know. Just just happened to bring a, a young, funny comic on the road with them. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of sucks when, when people get famous and, and get money involved and then don't help other people in their industry that could it's use selfish, that lift dude. up. You know, yeah. just sucks because I've been a victim of that, too. You know, like, I don't want to say any names. <clears throat> Three doors down. <clears throat> I'm not going to say it out loud, but, you know, a lot of a lot of. Three houses over. <laughs> <laughs> That's a story for another day, though. We'll we'll do. Yeah, a, I can't wait to hear it. Whole story about that. But uh, but we're coming up to the end of the episode, fellas. Um, so Mikey, where where can everybody find you? 
on the internet. Tell everybody where your shows are coming up too. Um, we have a so we have a show that we do every Friday now uh, at Serdis Coffee in downtown Mobile. Um, really small, intimate room. Like it's fits twenty, twenty five people. Beautiful room. Um, we do that every Friday. My other show, uh, my other open mic that I run is Tuesday around six thirty at Oyster City Brewing Company. Um, I do that early enough so people can get over to the Duke Joint because um, I'm a nice fella. Um, uh, you can find me on on Instagram. Warren Burner uh, is my my Instagram name. Michael Warneth on Facebook. Um, Warren Burner Comedy on TikTok. Fantastic. Not, yeah. What about you, Jacob? What uh, you got anything on the books coming up? Multiple windows away. Um, yeah, we're just me and Jason are gonna be doing guest spots at uh, the Bockers Comedy Club here in Biloxi, inside the uh, Boomtown Casino. Uh, we're gonna be doing spots on Josh Watts's show there when we have an actual like an exact date and exact plans lined up. We'll let you guys know about all that. It's so you February can get tickets and come see us. Yeah in february sometime don't have an exact date yet but we'll let you guys know as soon yeah. as we know sometime in february and uh they say it's pg-13 material i've heard that they don't care so <laughs> buy a ticket come see what happens see what chaos ensues i yeah. would love to do comedy with at least one person under 60 in the room that would be fantastic <laughs> for me but uh very excited for that show and uh Man, we've got a lot of work coming up on this uh on this year man on the podcast we're going to be completely overhauling redoing our patreon we've got tons of live comedy stuff that we want to do uh, i'm working on the blog post for this month right now so the best way to keep up to date on everything is to sign up for our patreon then you get to go in our producers group chat and you get to have a say in what we do on the podcast you get to help me brainstorm ideas because lord knows jason isn't going to do that <laughs> so now i need your help give us a dollar a month to help me brainstorm some ideas here come on yeah, I suck. I don't do anything. I don't do anything on the show here, ever. No, you can play the music, though. <laughs> um, but I do want to say that we're going to be uh, guests on the Brownwater Banter podcast coming up on January 30th, is it, that we're going to be on? And also uh, our headliners episode for the month will be featuring a uh, certain past guest that will be coming up in the next couple of weeks. That's going to do it for this episode. And if you want to email us, Email us at openmicerspodcast at gmail.com. Go to openmicers.com. That is our website that has our blog and blog and all that kind of cool stuff over there. Linktree slash openmicerspodcast takes you everywhere you need to go. All the info is right there. And that's going to do it for this week. We love all of you, and we will see you, all of you, next week. A few crawl spaces along. Yeah. We got to tell you guys about B Res Coffee Company. That's right. B Res Coffee is a small business established here on the Gulf Coast that was created for gamers by game. Whatever kind of coffee you like, they got you covered. Like the out of this world chocolate and caramel flavored roast, or the Two Hardies One Ship, which is a rum and dark chocolate flavored roast. You can even get your very own Open Micers Roast of Coffee. So if you like us, you'll like this dark roast too. So head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use our code OMPODCAST for 10% off of your order. This podcast is a Zoo House LLC production.